So again, on this 40 hours devotion, this weekend of our independence, we welcome you to the National Shrine and making just a couple comments here on this important passage, it's often misunderstood. You know, twice Jesus says, the kingdom of God is at hand. So that's where we really need to start. This implies that we need to remove all obstacles um, and impediments that are in our lives in order to receive that kingdom that is now at hand. So Jesus has a plan to help us to start doing that. Okay, how? First, he set up the leaders. You've heard me say this, and I keep saying this all again, Father, I'm not into organized religion. I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. This is the new common catchphrase of our youth. This is the new in thing to answer the question that you're not a pagan, but you're not enslaved to this burdensome Catholic church. Oh my, my. Jesus organized religion. He just did it here by appointing the leaders of the church. This is what is happening. He sets up the leaders. These are the first priests to guide the people. Only that way can this be ensured that it stays under the truth. If you just think you're all going to go your own separate ways, you're going to have millions of versions of the truth, and that's the problem with our society today, cultural relativism, the biggest threat. So the important thing is that we have enough good priests. So what does our Lord follow up? We don't make this connection this reading. Pray that the Lord sends labors into the harvest. He's talking about pray for priests. Send labors into your harvest. Praise be to God that we have our Marian family with you because our vocations are blossoming. We're one of the few communities that I'm aware of that we're flourishing in vocations. Praise be to God. We have more than many dioceses. And I think that's because the message of divine mercy is so important to God at this time. How important? Well, Jesus' own words, divine mercy is mankind's last hope of salvation. In order to prepare the world for my final coming, you, St. Faustina, will help prepare the world. Who are the Marians? We're the messengers, the mouthpiece of St. Faustina. And so this, to me, makes perfect sense. That's why we're getting these vocations of these great young guys that are coming up. Phenomenal priests, and it's all because of you, praying for labors to be sent into the harvest. This is so that the hierarchy of the establishment of the church that God set can continue. Yeah, there's been a lot of broken bumps in the road. Some of the, the priests that have gone wayward, priests posting on, on their Facebook pages, redefining marriage. I mean, my goodness, we need good, solid priests, the kind that Jesus sent out. And with your help as a Marian family, they're coming here. Praise be to God. Now let's just keep, make sure you pray for us to keep faithful, right? So then Jesus said to them, 
to these first priests. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You know, it's important because nobody would have believed these guys. These are a bunch of fishermen and tax collectors. Nobody would have believed. They wouldn't have no credit. The apostles would have had no credit whatsoever. They were unlearned. They were illiterate. Said Matthew, they believe Matthew wrote. That's one of the reasons why he has the gospel. So they had to be able to work miracles. So God gives gifts to his priests. They would have to be able to work miracles, you know, in really in proof that they were bringing the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God was coming through them. That's why we need priests. We need the church. The disciples didn't pay for this power. And that's why in another part, <coughs> the same passage in Matthew, because we just read Luke, Jesus tells them not expect payment. Don't expect payment. Freely you were given, freely you will receive, or freely you received, freely you shall give. That's why Jesus said you received without paying, give without paying. That's why we priests are to do that. That is why we're trying everything to get the message out. That's why my staff always yells at me when I say, if you can't afford something, let me know. I will give it to you. I have been given, I've been given without cost. I will give without cost. Now, yeah, we still have to keep the lights on. We still have to eat, but you get the point. So the Jews believe that if a man had a precious secret, it was his duty to pass it on without pay. And this is what Jesus is telling them. So to me, as a priest, it is a privilege. It's an honor to share our faith. That's why I do the Saturday talks, explaining the faith. That's why we do the Divine Mercy um, DVDs. That's why we do our EWTN show. All these reasons, these are sharing the riches of God that he's given us in our faith. So anyway, you know, it's funny because what about this take nothing with you and no sandals, no bag? Okay, the Talmud, the Talmud said, no one is to go to the temple with staff, shoes, girdle, or money, or dusty feet. Jesus is drawing right from the Talmud, right? The idea that was when one entered into the temple, because this is what that said, no one is to go into the temple this is the Jewish writing now. The Jewish writing. No one is to go to the temple with staff, shoes, girdle, money, or dusty feet. Now, the idea that when you entered into the temple was that you must leave everything else behind. Everything of the world. What Jesus basically is saying is that as a priest, you treat the whole world as the temple. No matter where you go in the world, you leave everything else behind. That's why we don't have wives. That's why we don't have houses and whatnot. We, we live that vow of poverty. That's the basis right here. People don't understand it. I get letters all the time saying the church is decrepit for denying priests being able to marry. My goodness, that's the reason I delayed my coming to the priesthood is I wanted to be married. Now I realize that's the greatest grace is to be married to the church. Wouldn't be fair to split half of our lives between a physical spouse and our spouse of the church. This is the wisdom of the church. This is why God set up the church. 
So anyway, Jesus is basically saying a man of God must show by his attitude that material things are not equal to God. His first interest is God. So then he says, shake the dust off. The apostles were to take nothing away from the pagan cities, even the dust. All right. All right. So let's finish here by saying they must go as they were. They must not take any money to pay for rent or food. The reason is they must depend not on themselves, not on their own resources, but on God alone and the kindness of other people. What does Jesus say here? Go into the homes, eat and drink what is offered to you. So we've had some brothers in the past who used to say that we cannot accept donations. It's actually not the teaching of Christ. Jesus is telling you right here, go into the house, eat and drink what is offered to you. That's a big misconception because we still have to carry on the ministry. Now, that's not our focus, but we depend on God. You know, it was a lot of times it was custom in those days for people to receive travelers. You know, it was easy then. The disciples probably had a much easier time finding homes than we would today because things are not the same. It's not the case. Sometimes only the ones that really know us or love us welcome us. Many other places were shunned as bigots or haters. But anyway, that's why we have the Marian family we have. That's why you're part of it. That's why it's so important that we help each other. We help you through prayers, masses, rosaries, chaplets, penances, and you help us to supply, to eat and drink, and to continue our mission. Praise be to God. All right, so finish everybody's question. Why did he say it would be easier for Sodom than for the towns and the villages of Galilee? That's a very interesting question. Jesus said it would be easier for Sodom. It will be, I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom on that day than for that town. All right, this is important. Here, I'm going to take you back to seminary. All right, why? Because even at their worst, with all their decrepit actions, Sodom and Gomorrah did not reject Christ outwardly. Why did God destroy God, Sodom and Gomorrah? Because their actions were wicked. This is Genesis 19. But to outwardly refuse the Lord on top of that, when he comes to you, would even be worse. And that's how bad we've gotten. Not only do we accept and glorify the sins of Sodom, now we're outwardly rejecting Christ on top of it. At least the way it used to be was even though our actions were sinful, we still knew we needed God. Now, not only are our actions sinful, but now we don't even need God. That's, that's where we've really gone astray. And so <clears throat> it's always true that the more one's received, the more responsible it is. We are Catholics. We've received the truth, so we are responsible for teaching it. This doesn't mean we're haters or bigots. It means that we have a duty to teach you the truth. 
Now, Sodom, though, wasn't left off the hook. Why was not Sodom left off the hook, even though it sounds like they kind of were? Do you ever hear the term, the sins that scream to heaven for vengeance? There's four of them. What are the four sins that cry out to heaven for vengeance? There's four. The sins that cry out to heaven for vengeance, according to scriptures, are murder and abortion, infanticide. That's number one. The sin of Abel, the blood of Cain killing Abel. So number one, homicide and infanticide. First sin that cries to heaven for vengeance. Two, sodomy. Boy, our society now will come about just about to arrest you for saying that, even though the natural law makes it clear. Any non-procreative sexual act cries out to heaven for vengeance. That's scary, but it's true. So the second one is sodomy. Third is neglecting widows and orphans, basically oppression of the poor. We don't want to oppress the poor. And fourth, the fourth sin that cries out to heaven for vengeance, defrauding the worker, surprisingly, unjust wages. That's important. So this ties to this passage. Jesus says the laborer deserves his food. So this all ties together everything in this passage. Jesus says the labor deserves his food. So an employer was responsible for those people who worked for him. It's true today. These people who work deserve their wages, including food and lodging. Now here's the point. Who are these disciples working for? God. So they, by right, trust God that he's gonna supply their wages. So we Marian fathers who work for God have a right to say, God, by your own justice, you owe us our due wage. We're working for you. We've given up home. We've given up spouse. We've given up family. Now, that's not why we're here. Peter even said that. Lord, we've given up everything, home and family. What's in it for us? Okay, well, yeah, that's a good question, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here because I want to serve the Lord. But that is a promise God gives. You will be given a hundredfold more, Jesus told Peter. And so basically, these people who worked, these people, disciples who worked for God, God would supply all they needed for their work. So they trust. It all goes back to trust. They trust God will provide. That's why they could leave the sandal behind, the bag behind, the staff behind, trust. Remember I've said before, Father Kosicki, trust, T-R-U-S-T, total reliance upon saving truth. Basically, reliance on God. He is saving truth. And that is what we do with you. We rely and trust that God provides for us through you, that we can take this mission of divine mercy to the world and it is reaching the world. We're getting messages from all four corners of the world. God brought a greater good out of the worst evil of the pandemic. 
Divine mercy is reaching everywhere now. Never would we ever thought it would reach like this. Praise be to God. And you know, one of the reasons that it is, is because we have the freedom to be able to say what we do and preach the word over the airwaves. And the only reason we have that is because of the, those who died before us, given their lives for the freedom to be able to stay here today and preach this word. Let us give thanks on this 4th of July. Tomorrow I will be doing the mass here on the 4th of July. I'm gonna do it in thanksgiving to our nation, which by the way, was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Don't let anybody lie to you in any school. Tomorrow, we'll talk about that on the 4th of July here at 9 a.m. This country was founded on Christian principles and we need to uphold that. Praise be to God that we can still preach the truth. We can still have the freedom to bring God's word. Let us pray that that will endure and that our nation on this 4th of July will endure. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.